0: What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT365. And hey, we're in the 70s, so we're, we're rocking and rolling. And, you know, I think one of the things that, you know, uh, when I was, you do a lot of research, not only for the podcast, but, you know, for the Twitter spaces or clubhouses or things that we're doing. And, and with so much inbound, um, you know, we have so many requests for people to be guests on the podcast now. One of the things I've been doing is really researching, like, you know, what is the information that's out there? What are the most popular YouTube video searches? What are, uh, you know, what are the most popular questions that people are asking? And it's funny, there's a lot of questions around marketing of NFT projects. But then there's also lots of questions of, like, how do I discover a new NFT project? Or, like, how do I not fall for the NFT marketing scams that are out there? And I think part of that is because. A lot of those that uh, have big budgets, um, not really, that doesn't mean that they're actually scams, but in the most part, you know, they're either, they sell out so fast that the average person can't be a part of them or because they're giving away uh, whitelist spots to, you know, their best friends and quote unquote NFT influencers or the projects, you know, they're one and done, right? They they launch, they have their, you know, their project itself um, and then uh, all of a sudden they disappear. And so I think, you know, one of the things I think we just have to kind of look at or um, better understand is like, what are the things, you know, within marketing that we like? What are the things that we don't like? What are the ways that we want to see more brands um, make things work, <laughs> not make things work in some cases? Um, and, you know, one of the things that I wanted to kind of point out, and I think it's you know, really important when it comes to, you know, brands that are, are, you know, when it comes to marketing, it's like, I think there is this big need for under promising and over delivering, like right now, most NFT projects are over promising, continuing to over promise, and for the most part, when they don't deliver, we're kind of stuck holding the bag, pun intended. And I want to highlight a, a pro, you know a you know I've talked a lot about, th- about this NFT project a lot on my um, on the podcast, but I am just a big fan, and they did it again, and that's the Playboy Rabbitars. Now I think they're the design of their Discord server, how they use bots, how they create channels for um, Playboy Rabatar holders, but also for those that are not holders to still have conversations, I think is the best setup of all of the you know 400 Discords that I'm a part of. But they also continue to deliver, right? And they, they, they last week rolled out that everyone that has a Playboy Rabatar will get a free scr- subscription to iPlayboy.com. Um, they've, they've been rolling out those type of things. And even yesterday... Like out of nowhere, they are like, "Hey, we have a new bot in our Discord server. Where if you put your your number of your uh, Playboy rabbitar in the into the Discord channel, we're gonna give it. We're gonna put it on the front cover of Playboy. And for those that are watching on video, you can kind of see what the, you know the Playboy rabbitar that I got. Um, for those that are listening on the podcast, I'll make sure to include include uh, a link to that in the show notes. But I will tell you, their ability to continue to deliver." not only is is great for us holders, but it's ultimately, in my opinion, the greatest marketing, right? Because they don't really have to market Playboy rabbitars. Almost all of us holders do it by simply promoting it or sharing out the new updates that are going on. Now, I will tell you, I'm going to have multiple episodes upcoming on the marketing concepts, right? Because um, you know, for me as an early adopter, I've been an early adopter in Plenty of spaces, right? I've helped some large brands get into Google Hangouts, get into live streaming, get on Snapchat, uh, launch their very first Instagram Live. So this this is kind of like my wheelhouse of early adoption marketing and, and where this kind of fits. Now, I will tell you, there, it's kind of twofold right now, right? Because here's the truth. I'm seeing a lot of people, experienced and noobs to the uh, NFT space, falling for... Mark For really, I mean, hype sham marketing, especially in Twitter spaces and on Clubhouse and even on Instagram. But then I'm seeing a lot of projects kind of missing the boat when they're using the same platforms. So I want to hit both of them on this podcast, but I'm going to do a future episode um, where I'm going to break down um, some of the more in-depth, like, Marketing concepts, but for those that are listening that are maybe thinking about launching a project or you want to help your favorite NFT project, um, you know market better. You know, stay tuned for the end of this podcast. I'm gonna make sure to give you some of that. And remember, this is something that I wanted to hit home, and uh, it's something that I haven't been a great done a great job conveying to you guys, the audience. But I want to start doing that this forward. When I talk about like what an NFT project should do, here's the truth: you don't have to be the founder of an NFT project to leverage this these actual um, you know methodologies or this strategy because here's the thing that we have to remember: every person that owns an NFT of a project has a has a driven you know not only responsibility but a reason to be their own marketing and salespeople of the NFTs that you hold. Right? The reason that we, you can put them in your your PFP your profile photo, the reason you should be talking about them is. The more people that you're attracting to the project, right? The more demand that you're driving, the better it is for your community, the better it is even for how much that that project is going to be worth. So when I say things like, you know, launching your NFT project, um, best things to do, those tool tips can be not only for those that are actually launching their own project, but if you are, hey, you just bought a new NFT project, how do you talk to your friends about it? How do you bring that to light? Hopefully, so you can drive more awareness and drive more people to that NFT collection. But with that being said, the NFT, I, I don't know of a better way to say this. The bro hype machine is gross. The bro um like believing that in the audience that we are dumb and we are naive and we are easily tricked is um, insulting. And here's the truth. I fell for it before. There's a, there's an NFT that I bought about a month ago and it was my third straight day of uh, Twitter spaces with this group. Um, They had pulled me up and I was giving them, you know, giving uh, some thought leadership uh, level information. I actually was working with one of the other projects that was involved. And I fell for the hype. I fell for it, and I fell for it in the worst way. And so here's what I'm going to give a little bit, I'm going to clue you guys into some of the things that, that people are doing. And I want you to be aware of it. And now this isn't to call people out those people will be exposed because the, the the tactics will stop working and then they'll have to change their methodology. I, I, I'm not, I am done playing the game of going and trying to stop, you know, bad people from doing bad things or shady people from doing shady things. That's a losing, losing battle. And it becomes like a, a cat fight. And he said, she said, and most of it is he said, he said, because most of this shammy, ridiculous marketing is happening from men you know the women projects and the women nft spaces that i've been in i've not um you know been using these tactics and it's just another reason why i believe um you know the movement of of women nft projects will only continue to accelerate because they're not willing to play the a lot of the games that a lot of this bro sham marketing um you know kind of falls into and i will tell you i end up being guilty by association in some ways you know i i've had some people share some um you know, some discord screenshots with me where they said, Brian, you know, I had to convinced them to listen to your podcast. They just assumed you were another bro marketer or bro NFT or, and you, you, you were promoting women, um, you know, just to, you know, make yourself feel good or to, you know, get on people's good graces. And, uh, I will just say to that, um, my track record speaks for itself. And if anyone has ever followed me, there's a, I am, the greatest job I have in my entire life, the, the, the thing that is my most proudest part of who I am is being a girl dad, and I've never shied away from that. It's been on my bio since the day my oldest daughter was born, and my oldest daughter actually turns 12 uh, in four days. And but I understand why it's easy to loop me in there. Right. Because I am a cis white male. And that's very easy to just assume that I don't have this. I don't have empathy and that the things that I'm doing are for personal gain. But I just ask that, you know, when when you hear that, just ask people to give me a shot. Right. Give give me a little bit of of a trial, Um, because if if you're getting that impression, then um, I want to change it. But I can almost guarantee that, you know, that you're not because that is not what I stand for. So here's what's happening. The, I you know I wouldn't, It's not collusion, but it's really this idea, and you're know, gonna have to excuse excuse my kind of like impersonation here. But people, wh- what's happening is that a bunch of friends, and maybe they have different projects. Uh, maybe they all ha- have apes, or they all have crypto punks, or they all have, um, you know, you know they're all in like an influencer circle. Um. They are getting onto Twitter spaces or posting onto Twitter or to other channels, and what they're doing is they're over-hyping each other back and forth. So what will happen was one person will open a space for their project, and they'll be like, hey, guys, check out our project. We're going to give away a free whatever the, you know, a free diamond uh, dinosaur or whatever the heck the name of the, the project is. Right? I don't want to call anybody out, so I'm not going to use any direct examples there. Um, And then they're gonna they get some friends on stages and like oh my god dude this project is epic you know I just aped in for ten um ten of your NFTs but you know which which is the best property like if you looked at the floor right now what is the best properties on the floor like what what are the ones that everyone should get. And of course, the person's founder is like, "Oh my goodness! Thanks so much for buying ten of my NFTs. You are the man." Um, so yeah, if I was looking at the floor, these are the numbers that I would buy, and they drop off the numbers and like because I love the I love the the Santa hat, and I love the 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 face mask, and I love the swords on this one, and oh my goodness, do you guys believe that this one is is still available at this price? And what happens is, in the audience, we're like, "Oh, let's go jump over to OpenSea." Oh, I. Wow, they're right. There's only there's only 30 of these like Santa hats, and all of a sudden the Santa hats are worth point one point eight ETH, and all of a sudden people are getting excited. And you're like, you know what? This is a steal. Like I can't believe that these are available. Like holy, m- I mean, I just got to buy it. I-, I need to I need to get out a credit card. I need to find a way to buy it. But here's the truth: more often than not, those things they're trying to get you to buy, those ones that have like the ones they can't believe are available are owned by themselves or their friends. And they're overly hyping and blowing smoke around the ones that are gonna put profit in their back pocket. And all of a sudden people are buying them and people come up on stage and, and you can feel it. Because someone will come up on stage and they, they're really proud and excited and they'll say, hey, I just wanna let you know that I took your advice and I'm, I'm the one that snatched up that yellow background um, NFT that you said was so rare, I'm super excited to, to have it. And in true bro fashion, because they've already got that person's money, this is what they do. Oh, thanks. Uh, we, we really appreciate that. Now, for all of you in the audience, the, did you see what they just did? They just got the yellow background. That's what you guys got to do. What is wrong with you? You guys aren't into it. They almost dismiss or really lack of a knowledge the person that they already convinced because for them, that person is not a person. That person is just another number that they can leverage and hype. And it grosses me out to see this because the joy that can happen um, when people are discovering or buying their first NFTs to me, is, is is magical. It is it is something that is hard to you know emulate or um, to you know ex, you know explain unless you um, you know you feel it. And I, I want to give a shout out uh, to Kelly uh, Kelly Pataloni. Uh Kelly Pataloni, We were in a clubhouse space yesterday, and actually one of our guests on the podcast coming up, uh, Gary Henderson, was doing um, his drop for the the giraffe tower, and. She was on stage and she's like, hey, I'm going to mint my first um, NFT. And I will tell you, she went through the process and bought that NFT. It's like, hey, I'm waiting for my MetaMask to, um, you know, the transaction to finish. And then she's like, oh, okay, do I go over to OpenSea? And it was an instant reveal, which I wish more projects were instant reveal personally. And I will tell you, she screamed with excitement. You could hear how happy and excited she was to be in the space. She immediately posted it to Instagram stories. Everyone in the, in the clubhouse room was celebrating her. Yeah, that's so amazing, you know, cheering her on. And to me, that's the magic. But unfortunately, so much of this bro marketing doesn't he even acknowledge or allow those that they're hyping or convincing to buy an NFT to, to, to feel acknowledged and feel accepted. And to me, this is gross. And so what we have to just remember is that you have to just be aware that a lot of times the, there are people that are, are doing things that are very calculated, right? And I will tell you, I will not. If someone tells me, hey, Brian, um, I'm doing this Twitter space. I want you to come up and promote this, um, you know, this NFT or I want you to talk about why everyone should have you know, a backwards hat um, you know, in between or whatever it may be. Not only will I not do that, but I will not attend that Twitter space and I will not be a part of that kind of shenanigans and it is shenanigans and it is in my opinion It's selling a false bill of goods. And here's the truth for all those that are doing it and know there are people that might hear this and they think I'm talking about them. If you think I'm talking about you It's probably a good time to check yourself But I'm probably not talking about you individually, but I want you to think of it this way The blockchain don't lie and what I started to do is I started to take screenshots. And when someone's like, can you believe this NFT is still on the floor? What I do is I go look at that NFT and I go look at who held it last. Who, what was the wallet that they have last? And I click on that wallet and I realize that it was sent, it was transferred this morning uh, or it was sold this morning to someone. And then all of a sudden it's being promoted on this, on this Twitter space. And then I look at what else that person has in their NFT collection and then I do a little bit of reverse engineering and I realize that it's that person's best friend or co-founder of a project. And they're literally just trying to drive up the price for that NFT so that they can make the money. And the way that you know it and the way that I felt it was I bought this NFT, at, at you know, the one that I fell for. The next morning when I woke up, the floor was half of what it was the day before because they milked it for what it was worth and then they... Knew that the price was high and they sold a bunch of their own Like I went in and looked at the record and was like wait a second Those guys that were on and they are guys that were on stage Telling me how they can't believe the floor is this low and it's going to go to 1.5 They just dump their entire bag of that project Shady shenanigans and uncalled for should not be something that is okay and so I just want you to be aware of that. And so when you're going, I, I think Twitter Spaces might be the best. It, no, it's not even might be. It is the best place for marketing and building um, you know, outside of your Discord rapport and community for your NFT project. But do not, do not play those games with the audience because I'm going to make it my mission to educate the audience to where they don't fall for that. They don't play that game. And in many cases, when they see that coming, they're going to dump their bag of NFTs beforehand and you're going to be left holding the bag. Now, let's flip this on its head because I don't like talking about problems and you know, things that are, that are issues without giving solutions or examples of how we do this better. I love social audio for those that don't know I, I uh, built a couple of the largest clubs on Clubhouse you know with like you know I have a couple clubs over thirty thousand followers over there on clubhouse. I spent you know sixty hours a week every week for almost the entire last year on clubhouse and social audio. Live video of course, was a big uh, piece of my marketing and my background but the thing about it is when you're doing social audio. It's about the fact that you can't mail it in. No one else can, you, you can't fake it till you make it. Well, some people can figure out how to fake it together. But the thing that I, that I want you to think about when it comes to marketing your projects on Twitter spaces is third party validation and community led is really where the magic can, can lie. And what I mean by that is a lot of Twitter spaces end up being like, the it's a radio show promoting a radio show about how amazing their radio show is and how awesome they are and how cool how much they care about everybody yet they're only going to let their friends up on stages right so it's a very much like we're here for you but it's all about me and it's and they, they want you to feel as though you're not good enough to be in their club but their club doors are open and really what they're what they're really setting up is they give you glass windows and they let their friends into the club and they make you stand on the outside of their windows if you really want to leverage things like Twitter Spaces and Clubhouse and Social Audio for your marketing of your project that you own or to talk about the projects that you have, what you should be doing, is you should be focusing on the community and you should be allowing others to interview the founders or others to interview the, the moderators of your space. Because here's the thing. When you travel to a new city... And you're, you're like, man, you know what? I want to get a good piece of pizza to eat. Do you trust the billboards that say we have the world's greatest pizza? Here's the, here's the truth. I've traveled to 76 countries. I've been all, to all of the states in the United States except for two. And I will tell you, every state and every country I've ever visited has the world's greatest pizza. Yep. I, I swear, no matter what country you go to, someone is going to advertise or market that they have the world's greatest pizza. And we as consumers know that, right? So it's, we're not going to fall for that. So what do we do when we go to a new city and we want to um, you know, maybe find a great place to get a slice of pizza? We usually post on like our Facebook or our Instagram because we want to ask our friends, those that can relate to us, those that, that, that understand who we are. Because... I'm going to post and say, hey guys, did you know I'm going, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be in, you know, upstate New York. Where's the best place to get a slice? Of course, you know, then I'm going to have a bunch of friends that are going to tell me where the best place to get a slice is. When it comes to NFT projects, most people are treating the NFT spaces like a billboard. Like they have the world's greatest NFT and, and you should believe them because they founded it and they created it. But I, I believe you need a combination of a great host You need to understand how to highlight thought leadership and education, but you also need to incorporate questions and insights that allow people in to the project, not tell them what the project is, right? We can all go to the website. We can all go to your Twitter account or jump into your discord. And so I believe we're going to see a movement very soon where project led project only on stage, Um, NFT, you know, that, that aren't town halls, right? Like if you're doing a town hall or an ask me anything, I'm all for that, but I'm talking about those other Twitter spaces, those other clubhouse rooms, what you should be doing is you should be teaming up with people that are much more independent and have like that third party validation. Now, I will say fully, transparently, that is something that I offer, right, for those projects that I am, um, you know, that I am working with or collaborating with or that have hired me. And and I promise that I'm not saying that because I think I'm the only one that can do that, right? There are a lot of people in your community that would be great at hosting and highlighting and interviewing the the the, the different, you know, projects. You know, if you guys want an example of that. Go back and listen to the interview I did with, uh, with Jeremy, the x punks uh, founder here on, on this podcast. The amount of people today, still to this right now, that are messaging me all these you know, 40 days later or whatever it is since that podcast episode and are talking about how, wow, I, I wasn't sure about that project until I heard you talk, to, you know, interview, until I heard you break them down. The other thing when it comes to spaces um, or you know, um, you know, let's say social audio as a whole, consistency does matter. But I also think it matters so that you that you you know you care about the audience in a way that you acknowledge and make sure that everyone has a voice. Now that does not mean that you have to let everyone on stage. It does not mean that you have to run Twitter Spaces for nine hours long, right? I, I do believe in you know putting some um, you know protecting your time and putting some constraints around what you guys have what you know, what what is going on. But with that being said. When someone makes a comment on social audio or someone makes a share or they ask a question, please, for the love of all things, acknowledge them. Let them know that they were heard and that, that, that you appreciate their question before you answer the question or before you skip on to the next subject. Because there is nothing more dismissive and more insulting, in my opinion, than someone getting the, the, the bravery, getting the, the cojones to raise their damn hand. And they open their mic and they share maybe something vulnerable or even they just ask a question, which we all know the very first time you do that, it can be very nerve-wracking and, and overwhelming. And then they ask their question and the person just says, cool, thanks. Okay, and uh, on to the next person. Because here's what that does. Not only does that make that person feel bad, but every person in the audience that was thinking about raising their damn hand no longer will raise their hand because they felt the same things that 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 person felt. They felt dismissed. They felt not heard, not seen. And it's really the least we can do. And so in many cases, for those that are on Twitter Spaces stages and you're going to answer people, make sure that you're acknowledging the person that spoke before you make sure that you are building on what they're doing right and we we always had that joke right where it's gonna you know i'm gonna uh on clubhouse this was a big problem right where people would say you know i want to add my own two cents or you know i want to piggyback on that person like screw the piggyback i I, I like to say i want to surf on that idea like my 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 phrase there is like hey can i surf on that idea real quick and then what i do is i like hey i just want to say you know I really appreciate that. You know, like, hey, Molly, that was a that was a great share. I loved your insights. And, you know, I want to take it this way because I think this is also some value add, right? You see what I did there? I acknowledged, I, I, I not only acknowledged them, but I acknowledged their share. And then I surfed on the idea to bring it to full circle. Right now, I don't believe a lot of these Twitter spaces are run in a way that builds rapport or trust or relatability. A lot of them are hoping that you fall for the hype, the one, you make that really bad one decision because they don't care. A lot of them don't care. They want you to overpay for an NFT, realize it, hope that you sell it for a loss and they can pick it back up. And I know I'm saying they, and I'm very, very, not everyone is negative there. And you know, I'm very optimist and I love this NFT community. But I will tell you, these bro tactics of overhype, and like the ones that are like, you know, give me a hundreds in the audience until I get every person to give me a hundred in the audience. I'm not going to do anything. All of that, like, you know, like, like, hey, that's, uh, like, I'm all for motivating and inspiring. I'm all for educating and and bringing the energy and the passion. I mean, listen to me on this podcast, right? Like, I don't know how to turn that off. But when it's manufactured it becomes gimmicky. When it becomes gimmicky, I question why the hell you're doing it, and then I recognize that you're doing it because it's self-serving. And true marketing today, with NFT projects across the board, are not self-serving. They understand that it is we are greater than me, and that together we must amplify, share the stories, talk to people about the amazing value that exists within these communities. So with that, my friends, I'm gonna bid you adieu, I hope you have uh, an amazing day. Let's do it together. Let's help each other not fall for the hype machines. Let's stop going into those Twitter spaces and and listening to the people that are are, are those shady actors and let's go support the projects that are doing the opposite. Let's go support those women-led projects that are doing women, um, you know, women only on the stage. You'll notice I'm in those spaces a lot. I'm in the audience and I'm there as support. I'm there to learn. I'm there to listen. I'm there... To hopefully champion those those spaces to continue to exist, and I hope you'll take up that cause as well. And and I hope for all those that are in the, that have been leveraging this bro marketing um, hype machine. Like right now is a great time to change. Right, it's a great time to shift your narrative, to focus on educating the audience. Like and you know no one will say like you've helped me out too much, right? So if you want to switch that tide, start doing Twitter Spaces where you're educating people. On how to avoid a scam or things that, to make their discord life easier or things that within your nft project that people should be aware of that most people aren't You'd be amazed how much deeper and how stronger those fans are Those people are because it won't be long before those bro hypes Are no longer working and you're left, you know holding your own bag Hey, it's the truth want to thank everybody for listening. As you guys know, this podcast and every episode is super powered by the ADHD coin. It is a coin that I founded, but it is owned by so many of you. We now have 145,000 coins in circulation. Uh, we are right at that $10 mark for the coin, uh, and we started at $1.40. But even more importantly than that, um, just on Halloween of last year, we were six rally to one ADHD. And as of the broadcasting of this uh, recording of this podcast episode, we are 30 rally to one ADHD. Yeah, that's 5x growth since October 31st. And it's because of all of you that are buying the NFTs, that are supporting the podcast. Can't thank you enough. Make sure you guys check out the, the website, nft365podcast.com. And until tomorrow, my friends, make it a great day. Cheers. The show is not financial- we <laughs>